Before there was Bo, Brett, or even Barry, there was Pat. Live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios, you're listening to The Pat Richter Show with Jim Rutledge and former Wisconsin Athletic Director Pat Richter. ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. This is the Pat Richter Show. I'm Jim Rutledge, live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. We're brought to you in part by Simden Chevy in Mount Horeb. Only minutes away from a better buying experience at Simden Chevy in Mount Horeb. I've had that better buying experience. If you're in the market for a new or new-to-you Chevy truck, Check out or SUV. Check out Simden Chevy in Mount Horeb. You're only minutes away from a better buying experience. Pat, big week coming up here. Lots going on in Wisconsin sports. You got two Monday. You got two primetime games for the Green Bay Packers. You've got the Badgers taking on Notre Dame. You got the Ryder Cup, and you got the Brewers, who can't seem to hit anymore. But they will be clo- they will be uh, you know closing out the NL Central here. I would assume this week. Uh, but, Pat, I wanted to start with the Badgers versus Notre Dame uh, series here, the Shamrock series. Unfortunately, the Lambeau game didn't happen last year. We'll get to that game at some point in the future. But Notre Dame uh, and the Badgers at Soldier Field, uh, that's got to be a lot of fun for the players and for both programs. Well, I'll tell you what, it certainly is uh, quite a place down there, a lot of history and uh, I've got kind of fond memories of that because that's where we played the Packers in the All-Star game in 1963. A little bit different configuration. The stadium was a little bit different, but uh, it is a special place just because of the nature of a soldier's field. It was It's big. It's, it's cavernous. And, of course, in Chicago, uh, everything going uh, in the direction for the Badgers would be uh, getting everybody down there. We've got a big alumni base in Chicago. Notre Dame does as well. Uh, I think this is going to be a very special game. And, of course, everybody will be hyped up regarding the quarterback uh, quarterback play. We haven't, we haven't played Notre Dame since back in the early 60s when we played him one year in, in 1962. And then I think the last time was in 65 or so thereabouts. And so it's been a long time in coming. It's, it's a, it should be a good one. I think that, uh, you know, they're going to have their hands full. There's no question about that. I think that they uh, they watched them, even though they've played against some teams that haven't done very well since they've played them. And I think that's why they've given us a little bit of a nod. Uh, I'm just a little bit, they've got a lot of good athletes, guys that really fly around. You know, we certainly would have been helpful if we had another game to uh, put under our belts and get ready for this this one. But uh, be that as it may, I think that uh, we've got to have a very good offensive day because I think the defense will take care of themselves. I think I think they can rush the passer and uh, put some pressure on, on Jack Cohn. And uh, but I think the question is how much can we score? Yeah, and maybe some extra practice will help out offensively for the Badgers. I mean, you're right; their their defense. And Penn State is definitely one you can look at and say that's a good team that the Badgers were able to to kind of hold in check for most of that game outside of a few big plays. That defense looked really good against them, obviously against Eastern Michigan, really good as well. 
when you look at this Badgers offense and the running game, I think is probably the biggest reason for uh, optimism for the Badger football team uh, going forward for the rest of the year, but also against Notre Dame. And the one thing here is, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be like the gambling guy here, but it just seems like Notre Dame is really propped up. They're the classic high, you know, ranked team to start the year. They got their three wins. Florida State and Toledo wins were not that impressive. And now all of a sudden they're ranked high, but I think the Badgers can easily knock off a team like Notre Dame. They do not they do not seem to match their their current rating in the uh, NCAA football. I, I like your attitude. I just don't like the word easily. Yes. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Uh, I, I think that the thing we've got to really be, pay attention to and be careful of is if we don't get pressure on Jack Cohen, he throws a good long ball, and uh, he had a couple of good plays uh, there uh, the last couple of games, and, and they've got some good receivers. And so that's the one thing I'd be a little leery of, and I'm sure Jimmy Leonard's going to pound that in the, in the in the heads of the guys who play in defense. But uh, I think that it really depends on our offensive line. I mean, they're a young bunch. Uh, I think that they grew in the last game a little bit, and I think a little bit more, uh, again, this game, they'll generally find be similar to Notre Dame in the sense that you've got good athletes, big athletes, guys that you know you take a little bit of effort to push them out of the way, just like you did against Penn State. But I think that certainly you have that potential. And uh, if they use this game as a grow-up game and uh, can kind of really come into their own, I agree with you. I, I'm not sure. Any, I don't think anything's going to come easy for us this year. It's just uh, we're going to have to work hard for everything we get. I think if Graham Mertz has a hot day, uh, that's uh, going to be a very big part on our, our side. But I think that uh, we need to get back to some of that uh, first game last year type of uh, of uh, execution so we can get a little bit of a jump on them. But, but the, these teams that have these good athletes, and they, they do have good athletes and uh, well-coached, and uh, it's going to be a big game and be a – I don't think you can say it's going to be a home game for anybody, but it uh, should be an exciting time. It, it should be, and we saw this when the obviously the LSU game at Lambeau Field. It's good for recruiting. It'll be a, obviously a much-watched game. Uh, if they can hang in there, if they can put up some exciting play, uh, but being able to sell to recruits that you can uh, play at Soldier Field, play at Lambeau Field, play Notre Dame, like that adds to it. Every little thing, especially nowadays, is something extra for your recruiting purposes. Yeah, and when we say recruiting, we used to be we talked about the guys out of high school. Well, that's not the case anymore. It says recruiting is is anybody that's out there in college right now. And so uh, just as Jack Cohn went from Wisconsin to Notre Dame, I mean, the same could be true of any number of people out there looking and say, hey, I want to go. I'm a running back. I haven't uh, had a chance to uh, show what I can do. I think i got a chance there. Uh, all those kinds of things. So it's going to be interesting because you know now nowadays it's it's uh, is recruiting on a big scale, not just in high school and seniors and things like this, but it's anybody that's out there playing football right at the moment. Chatting with former Wisconsin athletic director Pat Richter here on the Pat Richter Show, and Pat, I think we've talked about it before, but Jack Cohn, you can't help but cheer for the guy now at Notre Dame. It's going to be pretty exciting, fun. I mean, a, a couple different emotions seeing him up close and personal against Wisconsin, his old team, on Saturday, right? Absolutely, and you know he's a tough kid. I mean, uh, I've had it done before, and some of you, maybe others have had the same thing too. When you pull your finger out and and pop it back in the joint, and he, and he probably had a right. little bit of time that goes by, and he'll start to swell up. But he probably threw the ball pretty quick 
uh, after that happened in the next set of downs, I believe, and made some uh, good throws. But it probably swelled up on him a little bit after that. But uh, tough. But I think just like we saw some things where he had some slippage with when he was at Wisconsin, you know, a little bit of pressure on him on the flat, not very, uh, never very accurate in some of the flat throws. And if you put some pressure on him, we may be able to pick off a couple. And we've seen that. He, Cohen can be described kind of as the NFL, or excuse me, the college version of what we saw in, in Jared Goff. And we'll get to the Packer game next segment here. But on schedule, on point, everything running smoothly, it, it's hard to, to slow down a guy like um, like Jack Cohen or, you know, we'll get to Goff later. But if you can disrupt him and get him off uh, schedule, I think that can create, because we've seen that at Wisconsin with Jack Cohen. Yeah, and I think he's likely, and this could be said for Mertz as well, just because of the nature of the fact that uh, one guy was here before and started, did well, and then uh, moved on after an injury and uh, didn't feel he had the place here in Wisconsin. You know, they're both going to be jacked up and, and really uh, trying to make a splash, and that uh, that can be a little bit dangerous. You know, if you've got to take care of the ball and just play within yourself and not get it too far ahead and look like you want to get the big quick uh, hit and uh, get a big jump on them. You know, you're going to have to take your time and uh, our pattern, and I'm sure Paul would drill that into him, is just making sure we get our good running game intact and be able to do some other things. And then Grand Mertz has got to be you know, under control and uh, and uh, with play within himself because he's got a tendency to want to hit a quick strike too as well and get a jump on him. So the competition between the quarterbacks is going to be very special, and that's going to be the key to the game, I think. Do you think Graham could have any, I don't say nerves, but it's, it is Soldier Field, it is Notre Dame, and it is against the guy he replaced? I mean, early on, could you could you see a little bit of nerves from, from Graham, a little bit overhyped? Well, I think that's possible. I think that uh, Paul has got his is pretty well under control himself, and I think he can transmit the calmness to Graham and just come kind of play within yourself and not get too excited. And, uh, you know, he's done that thing he did in that high school All-Star game. We really had an excellent job there and came out of uh, nowhere, so to speak, to be really just a very accurate passer. But that was in a big big arena as well. And so I think, you know, there's he's the kind of guy I would, I would hope because this is the way he's kind of been in his career is he uses these moments to really build on it. And I think that uh, there's not players that can live within these moments. There's players that don't do well in these moments. But generally speaking, guys that have been quarterback and kind of leadership role most of their life and quarterbacks in high school and things like this, you know, he's kind of the guy they look to, and I think they take that seriously. And it'll show how, how much maturity he's had. But he's been on the campus a long longer than most because he had a gray shirt. He came in in January. So uh, I think that uh, Paul will keep him under control as well as some of the others. Jimmy Leonard may even uh, be able to talk a little bit to him just because he's played in big arenas like that. And so it's it's going to be important to keep under control, but I think he's certainly capable of doing that. This is the Pat Richter Show on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin on the man. Varsity, the best of the Badgers on Wisconsin On Demand. Does Jim Leonard have anything? I was thinking like the turnover teddy bear. We're good, thanks. <laughs> Subscribe to the Varsity Podcast, brought to you by Metro Ford on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm out of
Welcome back to the Pat Richter Show on 100.5 ESPN. ESPN app and Wisconsin On Demand, brought to you in part by Oak Park Place. They offer seniors and their loved ones peace of mind. Find the right balance of care that you need centered around your lifestyle. Move to community with neighbors that become like family. Enjoy the comforts of your apartment with an abundance of events just outside your door. Choose the fit that is right for you from independent living to assisted living, memory care, and short-term rehabilitation. Oak Park Place with locations on Madison's east side in the Nakoma neighborhood, Janesville, and Baraboo. Visit oakparkplace.com to learn more. This is the Pat Richter Show, live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. Pat, the Badge, or excuse me, the Packers, as I see highlights of the Saints slicing them up. Their offense is back, which made their defense look a little better. The Lions made their defense look a little better. The the rain made the defense look a little better. But most importantly, that Packers <laughs> offense was uh, right on right on point. Looked like the old Packers offensive old on Monday night. Yeah, certainly was encouraging. Uh, it started off the game just trading you know touchdowns and field goals and things like this was a little bit disconcerting because it looked like uh, we were going to have our hands full and. Uh, Good to see Quentin Cephas uh, do a good job. I mean, he kind of tore it up for us. That was the one thing that I, it seemed to me it kind of showed up, and it, it's, it's something you're obviously going to take care of. And it helped a little bit with Eric Stokes with some of the uh, coverage yet later. But it seems like every time one of our guys, you know, whether it's Devante or May, you know, Brown or Lazard or whatever it is, is there, is somebody hanging all over them and really have really tough coverage and things like this. And it seems like we give a little bit too much room to uh, have them make completions underneath and get some yardage on that respect. And so, uh, you know, that was really certainly pleased. And now it's interesting because uh, to hear – some of the comments made about what happened at halftime. I mean, I don't know about you, but I can certainly see that there was something different happened that, that second half. We were much more of a push. It just seemed like there was much more energy, and the guys, you know, it was, it was not a sporadic uh, push. I mean, obviously, Gruff got a chance to run because of coverage, uh, uh, coverages and things like this. The guys had him uh, pretty well covered, so he ran for some good yardage. But it just seemed like it was a pretty even push to make sure he kept him in the pocket and pressure on him, and that just seemed to make all all the difference in the world, a little bit uh, that pressure that they kicked up. Whether or not that was because, as as advertised, it was what uh, you know Lafleur told uh, Barry to do. Uh, I'm not sure, but there's certainly being a lot more pressure. It just seems like this week or the defensive coordinator because it just seemed like that the the way it came out of the Saints game was the fact that. They had done a lot of research on some of the, the some of the work that he had done at other places, and they used that and said that maybe these are some tendencies, and it seemed like they were right in that regard. So they kind of re-engineered uh, their offense to uh, suit and go against a, a historical uh, tendency by Joe Barry. And so, I mean, that's obviously worrisome in that regard if, if in fact, you have to adapt, and that's usually what teams do is they re-engineer, kind of reverse-engineer themselves and to say, well, if this is what the other guy's going to see, this is what he'll do, and so therefore I've got to change. And if, if this seems awful simple, but it, it seems like it would be simple to change. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens against a very good 49ers team. But it's good to get a win. Aaron uh, looked really good. Uh, he threw some passes that were – I mean, it had to be right exactly where they were to be caught. Otherwise, they were going to be intercepted or knocked down. 
but he threaded the needle probably better than I think some most of the games we've seen him play, and that, and that I think is a little bit of what we uh, they they've kind of read about in the in the scum of the post game is that his attack is maybe now being a little bit more more aggressive in this sense, and not not necessarily taking bad chances, but being a little more aggressive because I think that uh, sometimes you get caught up in this. Well, they got so many passes without a, an interception and things like this. I mean, that happens. I mean, but it, you got to make sure you pick your spots. And uh, and if, if it's worth the, uh, the trying to get further in there, sometimes you're going to have to do that. And that looks like that's the way he kind of approached the game last Sunday or Monday night. And looking at the you know the defensive side of it here, and we I was kind of talking about this yesterday, Pat. I, I do think that the more the Packers can score, the Packers defense is kind of just built to be a team that can play with a lead. And whether it was Lafleur or someone else that told. Uh, Barry to start blitzing more, or it was the fact that you didn't have to worry about the run. Uh, that may have been part of it too, because uh, they were able to pin their ears back and kind of attack. Because you knew at that point in the game, you know, in that third quarter when the Lions had eight play fifty yard drive, they you know obviously gave the ball back to the Packers. Packers scored again, and then Goff drops the ball, and the Packers score again. That's the whole third quarter. So. All momentum, everything was killed, and then they were able just to pin their ears back and and put the Lions away. But that's been the recipe for the Packers' defense for, I feel like, as long as I can remember. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a different ball game if they don't make a couple of mistakes on the uh, on the Lions' side things. And uh, and so I think that we just got to take it for what it is. It's a good victory, and it's, it was an improvement. Certainly not uh, didn't take care of all the mistakes that uh, we did made against the uh, the Saints, but uh, an improvement with a, an offensive line of young guys that uh, which is encouraging. Uh, it certainly without Smith in there, Zedaria Smith. It certainly looks like you're going to have to find a, a rush in somewhere, a linebacker. And I don't know whether they, it seemed like there's a lot of been a lot of talk and uh, Stefan the dig, not digs, but uh, at the uh, at the uh, Patriots. So, uh, Gilmore. What Gilmore? Stefan Gilmore, and whether or not he would be available. And but it seems like that's uh, that's a prerequisite. I mean, it's, I think. You know, I've had back problems, and and this is not something the kind of game you can play with a bad back. And and I think that uh, the thing, everything that the defensive end does in a rush situation stretches and extends yourself, and that's going to be very difficult. I mean, I, I I'd be concerned if there's some really long-term situation here, and and I think that if this is one of those things where they're going to have to kind of put the all the chips in the middle of the table. This is a, this is what's going to have to happen. I think we have to get somebody that's going to be able to put some pressure on the quarterback. And uh, and that's not something that's just all all new. But it, we had somebody who was able to fill it in a very solid way, and now we we've lost that. And it's uh, uh, we haven't seen it yet in Gary and uh, and the other Smith. But uh, it's good steady pressure, but still too much time for a guy to be running around uh, downfield for a pass pattern. This is the Pat Richter Show, 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin on demand. And and Pat, I th- could be a good thing here. We'll have to see what the Packers do tendency wise. But getting back to getting the ball to Aaron Jones, and I feel like a couple of years years ago against Dallas, same thing happened. There was a lot of injuries. Offense was you know sputtering a little bit. Aaron Jones scores four touchdowns, gets more involved in the offense, and all of a sudden, uh, fortress turn a little bit better for the Packers offense. And I think that's. You know, obviously, I think that's still a good idea to try to get Jones involved because 
You can see it just on the Packers team. There's a major difference between Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon's a nice complimentary back, but Dillon can, I mean, excuse me, Jones can block, catch, run routes, actually, and then also uh, run the football. Yeah, I think the important, uh, kind of the impressive thing that he's done is catch the ball. I mean, some of those throws were really zipped in there by Aaron and not an easy catch, and he was able to pull it off without too much difficulty, and I think that just goes to show uh, and prove to Aaron that he's reliable and he's going to be not afraid to pop it in there rather than trying to keep holding the ball and trying to find somebody downfield. I mean, I think Aaron was able to say, make some tough catches and I think prove to Aaron that he's a reliable guy and he'll be going to him a little bit more. But I think that certainly any time you've got a guy like that that can come out of the backfield and catch the ball and come out of the backfield and, and make uh, with the ball and running at the attack as well and turn up field, you got somebody that's very valuable. I mean, that's always been, the, I think, the, the, the knock on some of the guys. They can't catch the ball or they can't catch it out of the backfield. But you've got a guy who can catch it out of the backfield and, and run it out of the backfield, and you've got something that's really a threat. And, uh, and again, he's, he's tough. He made a couple of... Uh, Good solid blocks. He doesn't afraid to stick his nose in there, and uh, I think that anytime you do that, you're going to get your share of uh, throws your way because the quarterbacks appreciate that. All right, Pat. I'm just going to ask it like this: Where are we at with this team? Because week one, awful. Week two, offense looked better. Defense still kind of iffy. Like, uh, do we have a really good feel for what this Green Bay Packers team can be, or is it still too early? Well, I think it may be what it can be. I mean, what it has been is certainly going to make it very difficult against a team like the 49ers. I think we're going to sure. we'll be able to find out a lot of things in this regard and whether or not we can make the, a bigger jump this week in terms of uh, what we're able to do uh, compared to last week. I, I, I'm, a, I'm afraid that it's a little bit early to, to think that that's all going to just happen in a wonderful way and everything else and make, make it real easy. And uh, yet... Uh, uh, you know, we haven't had much, much success out there, but I think there's a lot of questions that are out there. I think it's still a work in progress, and I think we've still got, unfortunately, some bumps in the road before we were able to smooth it out. But certainly it was encouraging to see that, and you never have uh, too many offensive linemen, and hopefully Patrick and guys like that can get out of the concussion protocol. But, uh, again, you were, we're saying all these things, too, and which, what's been a big uh, uh, item in the past has been the injuries, and you know Smith's got it. Now, hopefully, we can stay healthy with the rest of the team because we don't have an awful lot of uh, backups. Luxury of saying way we don't have much of a drop off when you take the second guy and whatever. But uh, good to see Tanya get loose, and uh, and I think that uh, you know Aaron is still looking at the Brown and. Uh, and uh, as a receiver and as a guy that can really help, and I think he's encouraged by it, and he seems like he's really uh, taking him under his wing, and, and hopefully he can get a couple of long shots with him. But I still think there's a lot of questions to be answered, and I think we've got some gaps and holes we've got to have to try to fill to really be able to take advantage of the full potential of this team. And some of those uh, holes could be filled by second-year player or young players in Runyon and Stokes. Both those guys got more playing time. Uh, than normal last week, and both look pretty good. Yeah, and if we can, you know, keep it together and you know do a workman's job in terms of getting out to the point when Bakhtiari comes back, and you know we we certainly can't overlook the fact that you're missing a Pro Bowl left tackle, and that uh, 
and immediately coming back is going to improve it. But, you know, you don't want to push it either, and that's kind of on the early stage of coming back from an ACL. But, uh, you know, that's the unfortunate part is uh, he was um, he's missing a good piece of this, and it's going to take a while to get uh, worked out. But it'll probably be the middle of the season before he's really productive in terms of where he can do it and how much uh, you can really uh, count on him. And uh, and so I think that, yeah, right, it's the advantage of that, the positive thing is the fact that these guys are getting some experience, and uh, at some point they're going to be a really solid uh, bunch, and uh, and it's because of the injuries. But uh, hopefully that will happen uh, again this week, but it's going to be against a little different team, and oh, it's difficult to play in San Francisco. We haven't had a great deal of success, but hopefully Aaron will be uh, – wanting to show what he can do in his kind of home home area. Yeah, and it is tough, but Oakland just did it doing those back-to-back primetime games. It is possible. Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Sorry, man. It's You'll get used to it. It's okay. <laughs> uh yeah, I just I I'm glad I, all day yesterday I did not call uh, Jared Goff Matt Stafford. So You did off the air, but off you, the air, but you, locked you did in a good job air. on yeah, the air. Yeah. I was proud so, of you. Yeah. Uh yeah, so Las Vegas just did it and, and I think the Packers can too. And look, they need to. The 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 49ers, the Rams, the Seahawks, and the Bucks all look like pretty loaded teams. It's, I think it's going to be a tougher run to the Super Bowl than it maybe it was last year. Yeah, I mean, that whole Western division, I mean, you got to throw the Seahawks in there. They got bumped uh, at home last weekend. But I still uh, I think of all the teams that are around, that's the one that kind of gives me a little, a little bit of a, of a concern than anything else. But you got... Uh, yeah, the, the Rams. You've got the, Ch- the Chargers. You got the, uh, uh, the the Las Vegas. You got the Seahawks, and, and then we got the Forty ers So we've got a big uh, road to hoe here with these guys. And, and I think the main thing, some of the respect, is just getting off to a good start and not getting behind the eight ball. Because once that happens, you know we've really had a lack of success in uh, San Francisco and. And I think that the uh, once you get the, the monkey on your back, it's kind of hard to shove it, shove it off. And uh, hopefully we can do that. And it's going to be, you know, Aaron, Aaron Jones is going to have to be really healthy. But I think the main thing is to put the pressure on their uh, the 49ers offense and uh, and not let them get any easy scores. And the other thing that's got a little bit of a concern is the is the special teams. I mean, I, I know we were, we were close to breaking one ourselves, and I you know Homer said today that he's going to see it happen. But I, I'm concerned on the other side of the ball that we give up too much yardage in that regard. And uh, and so punting seems to have gotten better, And uh, but I'm a little bit leery of the kickoffs. This is the Pat Richter Show, 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin on the man. Metro Kia's Thursday Night Drive. If we want to talk about winning the Big Ten, the only way we're getting there is with those receivers. Subscribe to the Thursday Night Drive podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Lately, I've been, I've been thinking, I want you to be happier. I want you to be happier when the morning comes. If you need to protect your home or business, there's only one call to make. That's J&K Security Solutions. At J&K, they work hard to protect the things that matter most in your life. For more information, call 2-555-799 or visit jksecurity.com. Jim Rutledge alongside former Wisconsin Athletic Director Pat Richter. Time now for Sounds of the Week. What did she say? 
These are the sounds of the week on the Pat Richter Show. Brought to you by Simden Chevrolet and Mount Horeb. You're only minutes away from a better buying experience. Well, we were just talking about the Packers game on... Dos, tres, Monday night football! Monday night! Monday night. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was on the Pat McAfee Show yesterday. Long cut here, but very interesting from the quarterback. And Pat, I know we keep talking about the offseason drama and we're almost three weeks in, but Aaron Rodgers had an interesting take on the media. Here's Rodgers. We're on these shows now believe they're celebrities and then believe that they have this platform to, you know, use it to say whatever the hell they want. And that's how they garner the attention. That's how they get promotions. That's how they get to be on multiple networks. That's how they, you know, get their name out there and get a blue check mark and get to go to the Met Ball and whatever the hell's going on. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, that's the society we're in now. It's when I first got in the league in 2005 and you got in there in 2006, I mean, Social media wasn't a thing unless you had a MySpace and it was all about who was your top five, your top ten, if they expanded it, what kind of music you had in the background. <laughs> it wasn't about, you know, your social media following, your likes, your, uh, you know, how many views on a page. Uh, you know, I think it's it's different. It's, it's all about uh, how many uh, impressions you can have for things that you say. So, you know, it's not going to be the, you know, the relaxed, we're fine. This is one week. It was a dud. We're going to bounce back. That doesn't do anything. That doesn't move the needle for anybody. But you start saying some outlandish things about, you know, what I did in the off season and me wanting to be on Jeopardy and not play ball and all this other, you know, ridiculousness that Tom Fanning, you know, told me was out there, uh, which I really didn't see myself. Um, I just think it's it's a, it's that's the state of the media that we're in. That's the state of the media. So two questions for you, Pat. First off, what do you take away from Rodgers there? Do you agree with him? And secondly, uh, he mentioned MySpace. Did you have a MySpace back in the day? I don't even have a MySpace in my own house. Put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) Like comedy out here from Mr. Yeah, holy smokes, Richter. How did you guys like to be characterized as trolls? I don't think that's what I am. I mean, Jim's been characterized as a troll almost his entire career. So, I mean, he's used to that. Yeah, well, I think, I mean, it certainly is different. I mean, this is the way it is. I don't think it's going to change any. I think the one thing that was a little bit uh, surprising was that it didn't sound like he took his complete ownership of all the off-season drama and things like this as may have uh, been assumed to be. But uh, I think I think when you start talking about the things like what, what Adam Schefter did, for example, and with regard to holding on to that information that he had and rather than putting it out there, waiting until the the draft and then uh, dropping it in, in a time when there's going to be a little more imp- impressions, if you will. There's going to be more, more, uh, more viewing people. There's in terms of a, a kind of a interest in terms of what's going on with the draft. I think things like that are bound to get you a little upset. But I think that uh, you know, there's somebody was saying that there was a question at the uh, press conference the other night. And it just looked like somebody had kind of come in for that purpose and that's that's the thing about it is that I think you'll see a lot of people just like with Jim Rome in the past when we had the interview with Jim Everett you know that was the whole thing really <laughs> kind of got kick-started his career just kind of on a little bit of show and getting a little bit of controversy and get a little bit of pushing and shoving on the stage and bingo it happens and then you get a chance to show what you can do and if you don't do it you're gone but he's able to do it so I think that there's an awful lot of people in that category that stringers that maybe you could say 
you know, I made my bones on this, and then they're off and running, and then they got the career. And I think that's what he's got to get. It. I mean, I think this is up to Andy in every game. Let's put it that way. I think former player like Jermichael Finley taking some not veiled shots as sure. well. Sure. I think probably irked him. Yeah. That certainly no makes question sense. question about it. I mean, I think that that perhaps would irk, irk me. I know that. <laughs> and I'm sure it irks him. It's just maybe more so than anything. Is you, get, you get a former teammate that uh, goes off, and there's a certain bit of a, a code of silence, so to speak. Certainly there were things that Aaron could say about, about him that would obviously serve no purpose whatsoever, and I'm not sure this does other than the fact that this, he may have been one of those people that he was talking about in terms of trying to you know, make their bones, so to speak, based on some information that, uh, sure. you know, it's not the kind of thing you want to get into, you know, who's he said, she said type of thing. And uh, and I think that's what it is. I think there's certain things that Aaron can say uh, with respect to the responding, but there's an awful lot of things he can't say. And I think in that regard, if you're a competitor, that's going to irk you an awful lot. No doubt about it. And I heard you reference the Jim Everett, Jim Rome situation. Pat, I think you were looking for Chris Everett, correct? <laughs> Well, uh, that's what he called him all the time. But, uh, <laughs> it, it was he, sometimes he, he played like it, but uh, that's not something you get on the air, I guess. But I think that certainly was uh, what uh, we kicked it off. But uh, you know, give a guy credit; he, he was able to pull it off. Let's put it that way. Certainly was, certainly was. Hey, so Pat, uh, there's something that's been going around Packers Nation that we haven't had the chance to talk about this week yet. And it's really fascinating to me. Here's Matt LaFleur on taking the ball or deferring during the coin toss. That's something that we talk about before every game. Like, what's what do we think is going to be the best for us to, you know, go win the football game? And that's whether it's deferring or taking the ball. I would say traditionally most teams defer. Shoot, I think every time we've won the toss here, we've deferred. So but that that is something that we talk about prior to every game. So with all your expertise and background, I'm curious, do you actually believe that makes a difference at the coin toss, or is that just whatever? Well, as long as you can back it up, I think it, it, it's, a, it's a kind of important. It kind of sets the tempo mentally for the whole game. When you, when you defer, you're saying, you know, you go ahead and try to score. We're going to stop you, and we're going to put ourselves in a scoring position. We're going to score, and then we're going to get a leg up on you right away. And I think in the other respect, if you feel that you've got a – you know, the, the high-powered offense that you're playing against, you may want to try to give a chance to uh, the team to go out there and get a score on the board and make them play a little differently as well. So I, I think I don't think it's a, something in general that you want to do. I mean, there are teams out there that I think uh, if you old the old Bears teams, you'd say I'd absolutely defer and uh, let you take the ball and try to crush you every time in, the, in that regard. And I think some of the old Packer teams the same way. Now I think you've got pay attention to who the opponent is and uh, what kind of defense they've got and how your offense matches up and uh, and, the, and the wind and all those kinds of things. And I think that uh, that's a big, big situation. I think that the other day, well, didn't, didn't we defer? And, and it, it seems, you know, you get caught and you get a score and then you got to, then you're almost, it's a negative then. It kind of gets you off sure. of kind of a down uh, mentally and things like this. And so, it can be a big kicker, but I think you got to take a look at your own team and be honest about it. Make sure there's a right time and there's a wrong time. And I think it's 
it's not just a general move for every time we get a chance to. Yeah, no doubt about it. And Pat, I don't know how much the game has changed since you played, but I, I do know when you played, you were rocking like a single bar face mask. I miss those, man. Yeah, I miss it too. I miss it. I miss my nose being the same shape it was before that. <laughs> You're the man. Awesome. Uh, Aaron Jones, we mentioned him in the last segment. Four touchdowns on Monday night, a really star-studded performance. And even a bigger takeaway from that was his father, Alvin Jones Sr., passing this past April. Aaron was uh, rocking a necklace shaped in a football shape. Uh, containing some of his dad's ashes. Now, though that necklace was lost after his second touchdown run, Aaron had this to say. But if it was any place to lose it, that's where my dad would have wanted me to lose it. So I know he's smiling. Now, that is awesome. But even more awesome, the Packers lead trainer, Brian Engel, known as Flea, actually found the necklace at like 2 a.m. on Tuesday morning. Can you speak to how special the relationships are between athletes and trainers and other people in the building that you don't necessarily know as a, as a fan? You know, I read that article and it said early Tuesday morning, and I was trying to think, does that mean, like you said, <laughs> 2 or 3 in the morning, or does it mean 8 o'clock when the first guy's there? Well, that's more impressive to know that it happened at that point in time. I think in general, whether it's in college or in the professional ranks, if you really want to know what's going on with the team, those are the kinds of people you talk to. I mean, I, and, and uh, they, they've got the pulse. They, they see them every day. They know that you're you may be high, trying to hide an injury and you're trying to you know, self-help, especially when Lombardi was the coach. You know, you didn't really want to go in the training room and, and show that you needed help and things like this. It was just one of those things that he tried to do. And, I, and they, they really are the key. And that's why in most places, in the college now, the strength and conditioning people, they're actually being referred to as a strength and conditioning coach. And much different than when we first started back in the early 90s. They were a strength and conditioning, you know, person, whatever. But then the relationships that they had with the team, you know, if somebody's hurt or whatever, those are the people that really understand it and kindly go to the uh, coaches and kind of off-the-cuff type of stuff and provide that kind of basic information. But they're really very probably probably not, still don't get the, the credit that they deserve, but there's really a, a very much of a more important part of a team effort. Yeah, one more there? I've got one more, yes. Right. Bill Schrader uh, of the Brewers uh, broadcasts. Uh, on TV. Joined Wilde and Tausch this morning, Pat, and I think we'll probably talk Brewers next segment, but he had some high praise that I wanted you to hear. As far as just the teams that I have seen, either playing or you know, broadcasting, this is by far the best rounded team when you're talking about defense, when you're talking about pitching, starters, bullpen, offense, hitting home runs, you know, scoring runs. In my mind, this is the best team that I think all around, and they have a lot to prove. I mean, they haven't proven anything yet. Ooh, the best team he's been around, Pat. Do you agree with that sentiment? You know, I sort of do. I, I think that, uh, you know, there have been teams with the Younts and the Molitors and people like that, and they had one or two guys. But this is really the essence of a team, I think, in terms of somebody's going to pick up the slack all the time. I mean, the, the way that they – you can't – their enthusiasm is contagious. I mean, they just see – Every time that they get a chance to get in there, I mean, the last two games have been kind of evidence of that. We just got a chance at the last inning of the game that they're still going to be fighting back and clawing back and get after you. And this is going to be a very difficult team to, to get on the field and stay on the field just because of that competition. So I think that all around, like I say, the defensively, the speed, 
the depth and the catching and the infield and uh, people like that, uh, maybe aren't hitting as, as well as you might uh, expect, but it's not one person or another. It's really a team effort, and I think that's what Bill's talking about. This is the Pat Richter Show, 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin on the man. This Saturday on College Football on ESPN Radio, it's the SEC opener for Tennessee as they head into the swamp to face the 11th-ranked Florida Gators. Ready. Coverage begins at 6.30 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN. Presented by Dr. Pepper. Not too often you could say the Brewers are suffering through a losing streak, but they currently, I would say, are on a skid. They have dropped to the Cubs and the Cardinals twice here. Uh, One of those victories was former Cub John Lester's 200th career victory. This is the Pat Richter Show, 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. Jim Rutledge alongside former Wisconsin Athletic Director Pat Richter, live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. They're going to win the division, but they got the Cardinals and the Mets on the schedule here. I think what's in jeopardy is 100 wins and their best season of all time. I think they now have to be, I think they have to win maybe seven out of their, like their last seven games here to get to that uh, 98. They can tie it with six wins. So it's, uh, there's some, it doesn't matter, but they're also slowing down, hitting the ball a little bit, which is, I think, the bigger concern. Yeah, it really is. I think, uh, you know, they some of the guys who were maybe being the most productive uh, got dinged up. Uh, you know, Taylor did a pretty good job there for a while. Telez was uh, doing an outstanding job. And uh, and so they just have kind of a little blip in the screen. They run into some good pitching as well. And, uh, and there's bound to be, you know, I hate to say it, a little bit of a let up. Uh, you know, the pitchers that uh, have been really top-notch for uh, for this whole season have kind of slipped a little bit. Uh, Woodruff is, you know, probably in crunch time as you hope he's going to really be right there. And Burns is the guy that kind of seems to be holding it all together. And, uh, you know, I, I looked at the uh, team the other night, and uh, they made some good comments with respect to the Cubs. you got young guys that are fighting for a job. You know, they're all very aggressive, and uh, you're not sure what you're going to get with. You knew what you had beforehand and what you had to do with them. And now with the Cardinals, I mean, top to bottom, they are as strong as could be. And you look at the leadoff, even down to, to uh, the last butter batter in the lineup uh, before the pitching, you know, they're just going to be uh, be just an outstanding team. And, you know, I don't, is there another guy that's more menacing than, than Molina? I mean, even when he smiles, it scares the hell out of you. You know, I mean, he's really a, a trooper and he got good pitching. Good, good coaching, got a lot of speed on the bases, and they've been really aggressive. And, uh, you know, they, they're they peaking at time. The Brewers did it a couple, maybe a couple weeks ago, and now the, the Cardinals have got their time to kind of hit it on out of the park. And so, but there's still a lot of power there, and uh, they're in the game all the way to the end of the ninth inning. And so that's all you can ask for right now. Yeah, and the other concern, like again, it's I think the pitching will be fine. Yelich, amazing August, but we're deep enough in the September to be worried about that 200 average that things have kind of come back down a little bit. You're right, there could be a natural lull there and all that, but they're going to have to crank it back up. We've seen this. Usually it's the, the Cubs that have the lead. They, they 
they you know kind of sputter out in September and lose in the playoffs. It's not yeah. a Brewers thing. It's a baseball thing. It can happen. You can be hot and then everything just dies at the wrong time. We've seen the Cardinals be the wild card and win the World Series. So um, they probably got to put their foot back on the gas. And I'm sure Council's telling them that. Yeah, and I think the one thing that you got with the Cardinals, you got a, a veteran bunch, and I, uh, there's not an awful lot of veterans on the Brewers. There's some guys that have been around while Kane and and uh, Yelich, but uh, there's not a lot. A lot of guys have been around for see a lot of that success. So they got to start rubbing that off. Hopefully, they're the ones that are stirring it up in the locker room, telling the guys to get back on it. And there's sometimes a little bit of a casualness in the pitches and the swinging and things like this, and. Uh, Everybody wanted to to do something special, but uh, I, I think it's pro- it's probably a good that it's happening right now because usually these things don't last that long, and hopefully tonight they'll get back on the beam again. Well, Pat, as always, we appreciate the time. Okay, Jim. Good night. This has been the Pat Richter Show live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. You can stream it, or excuse me, you can listen back to it at Wisconsin on Demand iTunes, Spotify, whatever it is you like to listen to your podcast, you can listen to the Pat Richter Show with former Wisconsin Athletic Director Pat Richter. Scalzo Brust up next on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin on the man. Hi, this is...